How many of you are thankful that God is the story changer? Let's make it a little bit more personal. How many of you are glad that God changed your story? Your story. Your story. Your story. Wow. If there had not been an intervention. Interventions are difficult. You don't know. If you ever been to an intervention of somebody that don't want to be free. Now, see, that's what I love about God is God intervenes in the lives of those who don't want to be free. And when he frees you, you recognize, why in the world did I want this sooner? And that's why we celebrate him and love him and honor and adore him. We love him because he first what? Yes. And so, um, again, welcome to Epiphany Fellowship, our second Sunday morning gathering. Um, Just a few things before I dive in. We're going to dive right into this text and pull on this testimony and some other things. But um, don't forget, men, we're meeting this Saturday. We're going to get it in. It's going to be crazy. We're going to go back to the manhood restored. We're going to go back through it because we got a whole new crop of dudes since we went through uh, my series on manhood restored six weeks. We're going to be in the thick. I want to thank God for the team that God has put together. Men are killing it, and so we're ready to dig in. We're going to hit the block today, 2.30, front steps. We're going to grab some brochures. We're going to hit the block. We're going to share the gospel, pray for people, pray, and then we're going to pass out. We're going to pass out um, some flies and say, yo, man, like, um, we want to talk to you about manhood. And so... But we're going to talk about the ultimate man, the one who transforms males into men. And so that's what we want to do. And we want to uh, share the glorious gospel of peace and be patient with folk. Um, the Frequency Conference coming up. I'm excited about the Frequency Conference. We're going to be at uh, Temple Arts Center. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And um, um, we got so many of our folk here that are ministering um, in different areas. So check out the website, thrivingfrequency.org. All right, let's stand to our feet. Let's get in the book. John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51. Uh, Verses 35, that seems like a lot, but it's compressed there in the passage. You know how we do. I'll start reading with you, and you keep going. Let's roll. The next day, again, John, John was standing with two of his disciples. Keep going. Yeah.
Amen. And this new installment, this next installment of our series on God, the story changer, um, we're going to look into the first disciples. That's what we're going to look at today, the first disciples. Let's dig in. Father, we thank you for your mercy that is everlasting and expansive. And you've been patient with us, if we're honest. You've been patient with us. You, you, you held back your wrath uh, time enough for you to snatch us up and bring those who know Christ as Savior into a relationship with you. But then your patience doesn't end um, before, uh, as we come to faith in Jesus Christ, but your patience continues as, as we grow in grace, make mistakes, uh, make foolish decisions, yet your mercy and kindness knows no end. And so, God, we thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace that knows no end. We're all messed up, and we all got issues. And I thank you that you don't leave us in our issues. We don't wallow in unrighteousness, but, God, pursue holiness is what you've called us to. And to be on a journey with you is to pursue holiness. And we don't make ourselves holy, but as we pursue holiness that's in you, you make us holy by the Spirit. And so, God, today, one of the means of grace that you make us holy by is the proclamation and receptivity of, of the Word of God to our hearts. And so, God, open our hearts to hear what you got to say to us. Yeah. Open us up and wreck us, Lord God. Do surgery on us today, God, so that we can be changed by the renewing power of the gospel and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust and help us not to just be hearers of the word, deceiving ourselves, but help us to be beastie doers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, in our culture today, you abound in hearing the word Christian. Uh, you, you, you can get a bunch of different definitions of a Christian. Uh, whether you talk to someone who's not one or someone who claims to be one or is one. And, and, and that word, to be honest, it, uh, we, we don't down that word and we, we think that's a worthy word to be used uh, to define us. But from a biblical standpoint, the word is only used in two chapters of the Bible. Uh, the word in its origin came from when the Christians were at Antioch and people of different ethnicities and backgrounds had met Jesus Christ as Savior, and, 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 but, but they seemed to have this unity, like this DNA that was similar. Like if you catch one and they say this, and then you catch another one, they say sort of the same thing. In other words, they were saying the same thing. They were thinking the same thing. Um, um, and and, and there was a commonality among them that made them distinct from everybody else. So even though it was different ethnicities among a bunch of different ethnicities in Antioch, what you see there is the people of God in the midst of all different types of people, because of Christ's transforming power of changing their story, they became one. And in them becoming one, people began to say, yo, I don't know what to call them. They're not like, they're like a nationality, but they're different nationalities. And so uh, the non-believers in, in Acts chapter uh, 10 was like, yo, we're going to call them Christians. In other words, they, they, they're, not, they're, not, they're like us, but not like us. They're kind of different, so, but they're together and they're different together. So let's call their nationality Christian. Um, because of that reality. And, 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 and in other words, they, they, they gave uh, the body a nickname. Um, Peter picks it up and snatches the word and uses it as he dispatches communication to the church at Asia Minor and call those who suffer as Christians. 
But when you look at the massive nature of the synoptic gospels and the standalone gospel of John that's not synoptic but connected to it, one of the things that you'll begin to see is you'll begin to see this word disciple. You Somebody say disciple. Disciple is a really a larger word that the word Christian fits under that more effectively uh, defines you because, because many, many, many times it, it, this, this sort of reminds me of my connoisseurism. I, y'all know I got issues with all different types of things that I like, and so uh, I, I, what I'm focused on, I'm focused on, but I'm a sweet tea connoisseur. You understand what I'm saying? Now, y'all looking at me funny, but I, I like me some sweet tea. Okay. Now, below the Mason-Dixie line, is where you get sweet tea from, not above the Mason-Dixie line. This is how you know you got some, some real sweet tea. You go to a hole in the wall joint, and they tell you they only got a few things to drink in there, and they got, they got sweet tea. If you go to a place and you ask them, yo, can I have some tea? And they say, sweetened or unsweetened, don't get your sweet tea from there. <laughs> All right? You know what I'm saying? Even if they made the sweet tea, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, uh, um, and you got to add sugar to it. Don't add the sugar to it because it's supposed to be boiled so that the molecules of the sugar get into, platal the tea. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so but what happens? Every now and then somebody that, um, somebody that, that, that's, 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 that's saying they got some sweet tea, you, you, you get the sweet tea and it's lightly sweetened. Now, if, I, if, I get, if I'm going out of the land, I don't drink it all the time, but if I want some sweet tea, I probably want some sweet tea. You know what I'm saying? I want some sweet tea. And, um, but, but, but the other kinds of tea, people calling it sweet tea, but it has more water in it than it does sugar. And so it's watered down, yet it has a hint of sugar in it. Well, some of y'all got a hint of Jesus in you. You call yourself... You call yourself a Christian, you walk, you hold your Bible in a particular way, you walk in a particular way, but, but, but when the rubber meets the road, there's not an authentic depth of the mixture of grace and mercy that comes from Jesus where his bags have been soaking in you and heating your life up where the molecules of life make its way more deeply into you. Some of us need to recognize that just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you're functioning as a disciple. Uh, 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 there's a difference now, 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 now. Christianity is what they called us. Disciple is what Jesus calls us. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference. A Christian is one who they deemed to look like Jesus. A disciple is one who Jesus says looks like me. Y'all not gonna talk back to me. And so, and so, and so, we come to the Synoptic Gospels, where the word is used most of the time uh, to describe God's people, and it has different facets in which it uses this idea of disciple. Um, when you come uh, to Matthew, Matthew presents Jesus Christ. All of the Synoptics and all the Gospels are, are, are their goal is to wave the aroma of the glory of Jesus Christ. So in Matthew, he, he waves his glory as calling him king of the Jews. He, in, in, in Mark, he calls him, he, his pressure to, to, to push on us, Jesus, is, is the suffering servant. Um, in, in the book of Luke, um, the, the push is for him to be looked at as the son of God. But now we come to the book of John that, that, where the push is to exalt him as the son of God. Son of man, Luke, son of God, John. So we come to... John chapter 1, and we see a beautiful glory. He starts differently than the other synoptics. Um, They started at his birth. He started at his preexistence. I I like that. I like like the fact that Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, they started at his birth and his human lineage, but John says, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to start at his divine lineage. 
And he starts it off saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In, in, in other words, he always existed. Uh, I'm, 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 in other words, I'm going to present to you the one who's always been around, but he's revealing himself. Verse 14 says, and the word skeneo became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as the only begotten God of the Father, full of grace and truth. And no one has seen God, verse 18, at any time except for the only begotten God who was, who, who was in the bosom of the Father. And so what you see is he begins to talk about John, and so what he does after he presents the preexistence Christ, he talks about the trailer to his coming. And when he talks about the trailer to his coming, um, he gets John and John the Baptist comes on the scene, repent, metanoia for the king of God um, is coming at hand. And so he starts baptizing cats. He said, I baptize you with water, but there's somebody coming behind me that's going to baptize you fully. Like this is just getting your, your body wet, but there's one that's coming after me that he's going to get your soul wet. And so he, uh, John is on the, the, the shores of the Jordan, kicking it with his boys, chilling out, getting it in. You know, it was beach discipleship. I wish we had some beaches in Philly. You know what I'm saying? I got to go to the edge of the schuylkill. I don't want to get no schuylkill punch on me. But, um, um, but they, they standing on the, on the, you know, we ain't baptizing nobody in that water, man. And, um, and so, um, and so, um, and so, and so, they're standing on the shores. Jesus has gotten baptized and he baptized. And he said, yo, man, I told y'all the one God told me the one who, when I put him in the water, the Spirit of God comes upon him and stays there. That's the one I'm supposed to fall back from. And so now John is about to decrease as Christ increased, which brings us to this passage that we're in. In this passage, Jesus Christ is about to have contact with the disciples for the first time. This is pre-Luke 5. Pre-Luke 5. Luke 5 was when he called them um, for particular, for the long-term commitment. But this is the first time that he had gotten contact with them, and, and we come here to this passage, which brings me to my first point. If your story's going to be changed, you got to recognize that disciples' journey with Jesus is constantly unfolding. A disciple's journey with Jesus is constantly unfolding. Look, look at the passage, family. Look at verse 35. It says, the next day John was standing with, uh, was standing with two disciples, and he looked at Jesus walk by. I like that. Jesus see them talking. Jesus isn't rude. He just walks past them. I like that. It's some, it's some funny little stuff in the passage. Just, just stick with me. It's all kinds of little stuff in here. He says, John, while he's just, I don't know, it didn't say they were talking. They, just, they were just standing there posted up, you know, like around here. Some dudes just standing posted up. They ain't up to nothing. They just chilling together. So you got John the Baptist with two of his boys. They posted up by the River Jordan. Jesus walks past. John says, Behold, listen what he says, behold the Lamb of God. It's crazy. Now, now don't run past that because it didn't say a Lamb of God. It said the Lamb of God. Yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of A's, but there are a few thes. Um, in other words, an authorist means uh, uh, that th this can be any old something. Right, but 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 the defines it as authoris or unique and different than the A's. Let me see if I can make it plain. In the Old Testament, um, the, his God was saying Leviticus, Exodus, and Deuteronomy. He said, "Yo, grab a lamb, grab a ram, grab a ox." In other words, grab a because there's so many out of many. But but and so, so the, the, I mean, in other words, I, I need one like this. But you can pick any old one just as long as it looks this particular way. Meaning, there's more of ones of that type. But pick one out of the ones that already exist. But John does something different here, family God. He 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 said he says, "Behold the." Help me today. 
y'all going to get it in a second. In, in other words, this one is not one among many. He's the only one that exists. See, 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 you, see you, can't, you can't have your story changed until you know he's the only one. You can't have your story different unless you recognize that, 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 that he is the only one that's uniquely fit for your life. Let me, let me, let me I, can, I can't, I'm about to shout. Let me, um, 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 Lord help me God. Um, so this reminds me, I know how we can make this play. This reminds me of layaway. I don't know. See, some of y'all don't know nothing about that. See, y'all make it rain. Well, make it, we ain't make it rain in my day, right? So, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so my mama, you know, she did government work. My dad was a retired military dude, 100% disabled. So we had to put some stuff on layaway at like the army base. They had layaway. My mama had a JCPenney's card. Um, I know none of y'all don't shop at JCPenney. My parents made me go. I, you know, just buy whatever shoes. I hated that. Um, you know, just buy you whatever, just some zips or something. Um, and so um, it's like, what are you doing? I got to go to the block with these. But, um, but layaway was for people, layaway was for people that, that um, ain't have it like that. You couldn't just go, give me all that, bow, and just throw your little situation on the, on the counter. We couldn't do that. In other words, layaway was making payments over time for something you couldn't afford in the first place. And, and, and in other words, it took some time to pay, but then you'd either do a lump sum or pay off the rest. Well, in the Old Testament, our sins were on layaway. Our sins were on layaway, and Jesus, being not a lamb, see, those lambs just held sin. But they didn't pay for sin. That's why Hebrews can say the blood of bulls and goats never took away sin. That's why they had to be the lamb, not just a lamb. Um, and, so, and, so, and so when Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus Christ is the one that takes us off layaway and removes God's wrath. And now we can have a relationship. And that's what John is saying. It's packed, but his boys don't get it yet. They don't get it yet. They don't, they don't get that this is the lamb. But, 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 but look at what my man's do. I, I like the fact that they're investigatory, if that's a word. Um, look at what he says. He says... The two disciples heard this. So they, they you know, it, I mean, just imagine this. John standing there with his boy, he said, the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so the dudes just stopped, just walked away. Y'all understand that? Like he said something about Jesus. They walked away. Look what he did. And disciples heard him say this, and they followed. Somebody say followed. Follow. They followed Jesus. Now you have to understand. Culturally, in their world, now John is going to play with this word for the entirety of the Gospel of John. And this is a cousin word, um, a, a really a synonym, if you will, theologically for the word disciple. In other words, being a disciple automatically means you're following. Don't look at me funny. Y'all look at me. In other words, it, it doesn't mean that you're standing still. It doesn't mean that you're going backwards. It means God, Jesus says, when I say move, you move just like that, right? And so what Jesus Christ wants you to do is when you're following, it means move. But you got to understand culturally what this meant for them. Because in their culture, dudes had entourages back then. Like rabbis, they would have entourages. So, so dudes would say, yo, I want to follow you, man. He'd be like, let me see if you're worthy or not. And he'd bust up some stuff with him real quick. Dude is cool enough to follow. He says, boom, follow me. So rabbi be, you know, holding some scrolls or something 
with, with one of them hood joints on with the, with the Hebrew scrolls, and he'd be just walking down the street, you know what I'm saying? And like, like 10 dudes be walking beside him trying to make sure they walk like him and, and everything, and watching with him. And if he stopped, and he just turned around and just start spitting some information, and dudes start, you know what I'm saying, writing on some papyri with some feathers or something, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> taking their little notes. And so, and so, but I'm just telling you, that's what it's like. I mean, it's kind of like, in our, you know, in our world, dudes got entourage, you know, like two bodyguards, some sunglasses, you know, they walking all through the airport and carrying on, and it's like 15 dudes, and they carrying like Neiman Marcus bags and stuff. It's kind of like that without the shopping, okay? And so, and so, and so, but, 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 but what's interesting is Jesus doesn't let their cultural fellowship equal spiritual fellowship. Let me see if I can figure it in, in, in other words, just because you look like you follow him doesn't mean you following him. Now, check out what happens in the text, right? Jesus is walking. Now, I'm just letting you know, two dudes following me. I'm either going to speed up a little bit. You know, Jesus, was well, no sucker, so he, he stops. Turns around, he didn't go thug on. I don't know if he, I mean, he wasn't doing like this or anything. But what he says is, 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 is Jesus says something interesting. I like, I like that he wasn't scared to talk to him. He said, what do you seek? I like that. In other words, what y'all want? You know what I'm saying? Jesus, Jesus is eternal, so he's swag delicious, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So he turns around and he says, he says, yo, what you want? Now, you got to understand, Jesus' communication and questions are always deeper than ours. When, whenever Jesus asks you a question, it's layered with questions. Now, in, other, in other words, when he asked them, what do you seek? He's, he, he's, not, he, he's asking them deeper questions about them and what they want from him. In other words, you look like you're following me because you're walking behind me. But in other words, what do you want for real, for real? Yeah, that's what, that's what it could be. Um, in, in, in other words, what are your dreams? Okay. Let me see. What, what, what can happen many times is when someone wants to follow Jesus, they create an idea of what that means. Matter of fact, some people may give you an idea about following Jesus that doesn't equal following Jesus. So, so, so what, what can happen is, is Jesus investigates your motives. Now, in other words, because I'm, I'm, let me just tell you something. Jesus wants to know what are you dreaming about? Now, don't like, like some of us, you know, if Jesus came, you would say, what do you want for real? For real? Well, you know, Lord, I want to be conformed to your image. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I want to be transformed. I want great. And we're going to be lying. Now, some of y'all, y'all, that's, I mean, okay. But some of us, if we're honest, you might as well tell them what you really want. Um, because you telling him what you want is a part of your discipleship. In other words, you telling God, Christ, what you want for real, for real, lets you collide with his ideals of what discipleship actually looks like, okay? So, because many times, the, the thing that he wants to see, he wants to show us is the thing that if he doesn't give us, we'll stop following, and if he doesn't. Y'all got real quiet on that part. In other, in, other, in, other words, in other words, Jesus wants to know, will you follow me if I don't give you a husband? Will you follow me if I don't give you no kids? Will you follow me if I don't let you graduate the way you want to? Oh, it's getting real in here. <laughs> will, you, will, you, will, you follow, will you follow me if I don't give you the money you've been dreaming about? 
What if I have a cap on you, not your job? See, 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 because, see, discipleship is surgery. Surgery. Listen, everything that you think is good for you ain't good for you. Everything in your life God shapes to disciple you with. Oh, y'all ain't looking at See, what if God decided he ain't going to heal you? Oh, I'm going to speak it. I don't receive it. You cannot receive it all you want to. Listen, listen, there's some things that God has assigned to your journey to frustrate you. Listen, and it's all about you looking like him. Listen, it's some stuff that's going to make you mad. And and listen, 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 and he he just loving you through it. He's smiling and wanting you to look more like him. (laughs) But you being honest about what you want lets him confront it early. Now, sometimes the journey lets you know what you want. You really don't know what you don't know. Are y'all tracking with me today? (coughs) So Jesus is loving enough to ask you what you want for real, for real. Because the journey of, you know, believers, you know, these guys, like Peter is going to be like crucified upside down. Yeah. Yeah, that's his journey. You know what I'm saying? Getting flogged and carrying on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, Paul, um, as a Pharisee, would have been married. He couldn't get married. I mean, God, 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 God will change your journey. Now, this is not him trying to destroy you. Because, see, many of us think of this. See, God, that, that ain't the God I serve. My, my God, he supplies all my needs. He supplies your needs, not your greeds. <laughs> and see, 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 God makes promises, but we put details in the promises. And when you make the details of what you want from him, the promise, that's when you get disappointed. <laughs> because, because God can promise you he's going to supply your needs, but he knows what you need need. Many of our needs is wants that we make needs. Now, that don't mean you don't ask God. You pray, you ask him ferociously. Now, I ain't talking about no reductionistic Christianity, some masochism, right? I'm talking about like ask him for stuff, but let him ask. And if he doesn't, chill with it. In other words, if he doesn't do it, don't like make your relationship based on him answering that thing. That's why he says, what do you want for real, for real? He said, what you want for real, for real? And so, and so, and so the dude's like, dude, dude, this is what the disciples end up saying. That's what I like about Jesus. He says, he says, "Uh, what are you seeking? And they said to him, rabbi, which means teacher. They didn't say that part, but just rabbi says, where you stand? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. <clears throat> that means 4 o'clock, they chilled with him for a while because it would have taken a long time to walk back to where they were living. So they hung with Jesus. <clears throat> now, now, don't miss that. Let me say that again. <clears throat> they hung with Jesus. Okay, let me say that a different way. <clears throat> Jesus, the one when God said come into existence, went and brought into existence what didn't exist. Jesus, the one who was held up in the wilderness as a symbol of Moses' staff, parted the Red Sea. That Jesus. In other words, the God of the universe invites you to come chill with him. 
and maximize it and hang out with him. And listen, answer any of your questions. He can handle all your little questions. He don't answer them all, but he'll handle them all. See, there's a difference. See, sometimes God not answering is an answer. So they got a chance to hang and chill with the living God and kick it with him for a long while to, so that they can investigate what it meant to be a disciple. <laughs> in, in other words, what do you require? What, do, what does this really mean to walk with you? <clears throat> in, in, in other words, he begins to lay that reality out. When God changes your story, he invites you to maximize being with him. Like, don't forget about being with him. And so these guys get this on the front end and get a courageous and glorious invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ for this opportunity to be able to hang with him. Uh, next point, disciples. This is my last point. Disciples. Disciples, when you change the story, disciples get to see life in ultra HD. Disciples get to see life in ultra HD. Watch what happens. It says in verse 40, it says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus, there's that word again, followed Jesus, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first, listen to that, found him, found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. I like this. Let me just tell you something that's impossible. It's impossible to have an authentic encounter with Jesus and tell nobody about it. <laughs> it's, it that's, that's impossible. Like, like, you had an encounter that changed the trajectory of your life. And many of us who have been impacted by Christ are afraid to tell somebody about the one who changed everything. Let me see if I can make it plain. I, I'm going to tell on myself real quick. I, I had to go uh, in the studio a few weeks ago and uh, do the audio book of my book that's coming out next month. And I was in there and I was along with this, this uh, guy that was, the engineer was recording. He had to listen to me, read, uh, correct me, make me go back, all this stuff. <clears throat> and so I, I'm in there and um, I'm like, okay, God, you know what? I'm going to leave this dude alone. I'm going to just, you know, just come here and record my stuff. I'm going to get out of here, you know, leave money alone. Not going to bother him. Boom. Holy Ghost was like, <laughs> you a wild boy. Um, <laughs> uh, no, nah, that's probably not going to happen. Um, I said, all right. You know, Colossians 4, 2. Open up the door, Lord. I, I submit to that. But I was like, don't open the door. Really, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> now, I know none of y'all been there. <laughs> God opened up a little port. And so... Um, Dude was like, um, I asked him about his faith and doing. I said, I'm reading this. How does like impact you? He said, he said, well, you know, my faith is a very personal thing. So I was like, oh, okay. So you know when people say that's personal, that means leave me alone. So I'm like, okay, open door for the word has been closed. Okay. So I figured, and the Lord was like, nah, you're going to talk more and you're going to press through. That was just like, I, I've dealt with it. You're going to go on through that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait till Friday when the whole thing ends. He's like, all right, but you might as well get it over with because you're going to share me with him, all right? And so I'm in the studio on the ends, and so I was like, you know, I don't know how, how I felt. It was kind of abrupt, um, open door. God, God was like, open door isn't me saying, him saying, tell me about Jesus. Yeah. Open door is you're there, he's there. <laughs> 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 
See what I'm saying? See, some of us, we play with the thing. We like, oh, God ain't open no doors for the word. You know, you know, he ain't open up. But God said, you're there, he there. Share. I'm like, dang, it's that deep? Like, wow. Um, and so, and so I, I, I'm, I'm sitting in the joint. I'm like, I said, man, I, I'm sorry, man. Like, but I got to do this, man. I'm a pastor and I got to, you know, I got to talk to you about Jesus, right? You know, it would be crazy for me to read like a whole book, like 200 pages and don't share Jesus with you and just started engaging him with the gospel, you know? And, but what's interesting is all of those barriers within me, those barriers are forgetting the goodness of God. That would, how dare I? Man, if it's a tsunami coming down Diamond Street and I'm running down Diamond Street, people are like, what you running for? I don't know, man. Just stand right here and just the tsunami go, whack out. Buildings coming apart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would say, run, run. It's a tsunami coming. Like, yeah. you, you have to tell people. Listen, it's impossible for your sins to be washed away, the beef to be crushed between you and a holy God, and for you to be taken from spiritual death to spiritual life. How dare you not share the glorious gospel with someone in your sphere? Well, I'm not perfect enough. They weren't. Did they, none of these, these cats were fools. And so it goes on. And so it says, he brought him to Jesus. I like that. <clears throat> See, one of the things you don't have to do is you don't have to worry about it. Just bring them to Jesus. Don't you bring them. Don't, 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 don't bring them any point beyond that. Your job is to take them to Jesus. Jesus is powerful enough to deal with them when you bring them to him. Now, bringing them to Jesus doesn't mean bring them to church so I can preach to them. <laughs> bringing them to Jesus means you bringing them to Jesus. Now, look at how G Jesus can take care of himself when you bring them to him. Watch how Jesus rolled right here. Look in the text. It's crazy. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. You can see Jesus is looking at him. He stares him down. Jesus was cool. Jesus looked at Peter. And he says, so you're Simon, <laughs> um, the son of John, you should be called Cephas. <laughs> you get the comedy of that? It's, this is narrative prose. There's all types of emotions in here. He just met this dude and gave him a nickname. <laughs> I mean, do you understand that? What if you just meet somebody and somebody just call you? Like, I come up on the hop. My name is Eric Mason. Yeah, I'm going to call you Black. What's up, Black? What's up, Black? Like, I don't know this guy, right? <laughs> but Jesus gets the business when he meets people. Guess, didn't he get the business with you? He got straight to business. No play. How you doing? How's life been? He already knew that. He just gets the surgery. And what he does to, see, what he does to Simon is he calls him Cephas, Little Rock. Now, this, this dude's a rock. Like, this is the dude that cursed that he didn't know Christ. This is the dude that, after he became a Christian, became a racist. In Galatians 3, and backed up from the Gentiles, saying, so you're talking about a guy that has a cursing problem and a race problem is a rock. 
blurting out, talking crazy all the time. Satan filling his mind was like, Jesus, you ain't going to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) This guy's a rock. He's Satan. He's prejudiced, racist, and he has a cursing problem. And Jesus says, you're going to be a rock. I like that. See, what happens is, is that God looks beyond where you are and sees where you are in him. (laughs) Calls him out of his name. When Jesus gives you a nickname, he always names you prophetically. He nicknames you based on his juices in your life. That's what I like about what he does for Peter. And Peter's just shocked. We don't even have any more record right here of what Peter said. <laughs> Peter's standing there shocked. You know what I'm saying? God calls him a rock. And dude's looking at each other, a rock? <laughs> Peter? Wow. Right? I mean, when he don't get enough fish, he just goes in cursing. I mean, he's a cursing dude, right? But look at, look at verse 43. It says, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, just walking places. He found Philip. <laughs> said to him, follow me. There it is again. And then he says, he says, now Philip was from Bethesda. Nice little John. The city of Andrew and, Phil- and Peter. Nice city. They live in a nice part of the area. <laughs> so Philip like, man, Jesus just rocked me, told me, follow him. I'm following him. He's, he's encountered Jesus. His story has changed. Boom. He goes and finds, he says, he found Nathaniel and said to him, Yo, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he said, we found him. He said, Nathaniel said to him, man, this is in the text. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip didn't say, well, ontologically, um, what you can trace in the Old Testament and based on broader agricultural studies, he didn't say none of that. He said, come and see. That was his apologetics. <laughs> his apologetics, some of what we know takes out of what we shouldn't know, entrusting the Lord with bringing people to Jesus. So he brings them, and Jesus, listen, here it is again. If you bring people to Jesus, he'll take care of them. Watch what he does right here. He brings these, uh, and then... It says, and Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him. So he ain't even got to him yet. He ain't got to him. Nathanael's walking with Andrew and Peter and Philip. And, and, he's, and Nathanael's coming. He said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. In other words, he's just meeting dudes, just saying stuff about him, right? <laughs> and so Jesus, Jesus like calls this card. I mean, you say, you say what's on your mind, don't you, Nate? I like that about, in other words, he's bigging him up about that. And Nate, you know, like any dude off the block would say, how do you know me? That was his response. You don't know me like that. But he was rocked by it. But, but, but Jesus had to press him just a little bit forward. In other words, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus takes care of him. Look what happens. He says, he said, Jesus answered. He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. He's like, Yo. Nate walked back, he, he, looked at, he looked at Jesus like, he just looked at Jesus like, wow, wow, he, ain't nobody else know that. It was just us. In other words, uh, Jesus Christ, not using his deity, God giving him prophetic portal, gave him the ability to see him. But he wasn't just talking about seeing him, seeing him. See the difference? 
So he saw him, and then guess what his response is? He said, he said, Rabbi, he says, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Look at the shift in the passage. He went from just being a teacher. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible to encounter Jesus and still call him just a teacher, just a prophet, just a good person. When you experience the Lord. When you experience him, it rocks your whole situation. Nate Wynn was saying, what can come out of Nazareth? He encounters Jesus and he's bowed down flat on his face. You are the king of Israel, the Messiah. That's what, hap- that's what happened to you. Jesus will shake up your world, family. I'm telling you. You meet him, he'll break, o- he'll break open everything. Open you wide open. That's the change that makes you different. That's the thing that transforms. An encounter with him destroys you. You're a mess. Stop trying to, un- that mess you're in is good. Look what, look, 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 look what he says next. And Jesus is like, <laughs> you know, Jesus says, he says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. You believe because of that? <laughs> that? That's what he said. He, he like, that wasn't nothing. Y'all, you ain't, you, ain't been with, you ain't been with me long enough. He said, listen, Jesus is about to split your whole situation. Look, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So what in the world is Jesus talking about? Genesis chapter 28. Um, Sarah sends, uh, um, uh, Rebecca sends Jacob out and, and, and sends him to Laban's house. And as he's going, he gets a rock and he uses it as a pillow and takes a nap. And he sees a vision. He sees this vision, a ladder, that the bottom of it touches earth, the top of it touches heaven. And at the top, the Lord stood at the top of it. He wakes up, says, surely the Lord is in this place. He calls it Bethel, house of God. So why in the world would Jesus say, if you stick with me for a little while longer, I'm going to let you see the angels of God ascending and descending on me. So Jesus is saying he's the ladder that Jacob saw. And the bottom of it touched earth. And the top of it touched heaven. And so therefore, there's a distance between earth and heaven. But the only thing connecting the two is that ladder. Jesus said, if you, if you stick with me long enough, I'll bring some stuff together that shouldn't even be together. I'll bring some stuff that's at a distance in your life, closer together than it ever was. You ever had anything in your life that shouldn't have happened, shouldn't be going on? You shouldn't have been brought out. You shouldn't have been set free. You shouldn't be new. But because of the goodness of Jesus, the connector, of things that shouldn't connect. My wife and I shouldn't be together. She from the suburbs, I'm from the block. We wasn't each other's type. 
But God, being rich in mercy, says, I'm going to connect y'all Negroes together. There's some things in your life that God is going to connect back together. And when you stay with him long enough, you'll see him glue some stuff together that never should have been put back together. Your family shouldn't have been back together. Your marriage shouldn't have been back together. Your mind shouldn't have been together. Your heart shouldn't have been together. Your sight shouldn't have been together. Your life shouldn't have been together. But God is so good. God is so merciful. God is so powerful. He's so omniscient. He's so omnipotent. He's so omnipresent that by his power and by his might, he's able to bring this side to this side and glue the unglueable, stitch the unstitchable, change the unchangeable, break the unbreakable, release the unreleasable, bring it all back together. Some of y'all give up too fast. Some of y'all give up too fast. He'll work it out. Part of him being the story changer is for you to be rocked that this shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't be here. Some of y'all, if you look back over your life and see where the Lord has brought you from, You should have been in an asylum with the key thrown away. Some of you should have been in prison. But God is so powerful. God is so powerful. (laughs) Some of you and all of us, none of us should be saved. But when he connects the unconnectable, he does it so that no one else can get the glory for it. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm believing that as you walk with the living God and you, and, you, and you allow the power of the gospel to continue to change you, you're going to watch some things that get connected for his glory that should not be connected. Some of you grew up fatherless. You should be a worse mess than you are, and God took care of you. Some of you had parents abandon you. Should have been worse off. God kept you. Some of you were on drugs and had, for a long time, and damages should have been done to your body. But God kept you. Some of you drove drunk this year. You should have had a DUI and you should be locked away or kill somebody. But God kept you. When God connects the unconnectable, there is no math problem that you can do to calculate by it happen, except for its goodness. Every head bow and every eye closed.